0: what's up everybody welcome to another episode of national pastime john toaster and confused j-rob here and we are officially halfway through the 2022 Ooh. nfl season i know it happened I know. so fast it really did it's scary but we figured I this knew, would be a
1: I knew the eagles were going to be an eight-win team i just didn't realize it was going to be after you know
0: week nine <laughs> yeah exactly uh, but because we're at the halfway point, we thought it would be a good idea to maybe touch on just like some thoughts about the season so far as a whole. It's been a little crazy. Um, there's been, I think a handful of very unexpected things. So now is the time, you know, to really discuss some of it and I don't know, give some people their flowers that deserve it. Maybe, you know, help dig is the graves lay, of some like other
1: Chua? people. Is that Is yeah. that, that a little shot?
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, If the shoe fits my friend if the lay fits um but i will kick us off um with my number one takeaway so far from this season it's it's got to be gino and the seattle seahawks like how the fuck the seahawks are six and three they're the number one team in the, the nfc west gino i didn't think it was for real but Just for context here, Gino is fourth in QBR, fifth in PFF grade, fifth in DVOA, ninth in EPA. He leads the league in completion percentage over expectation. He is seventh in the all important cube rankings. And he's just not slowing down. I mean, like, you watch him, you watch their offense. Like, they're legitimately fun. He is playing legitimately well, like, not Patrick Mahomes level but he's just so efficient. He's doing exactly what he needs to do on any given play. He's running that offense to perfection. And I could not have been more wrong about this team. Uh, Now, granted, I will like caveat that and maybe give myself a little bit of an out. Anyone that expected Geno Smith to be playing like this is a liar. And anyone that expected that their rookie class would show out the way that it has so far at, Both tackle positions, two corner positions, like two of the hardest positions for rookies to jump in and be like immediate contributors. And all four of them have been incredible. Like, so just totally unexpected contributions from their rookie class. And I think, you know, Pete deserves some credit here. Um that's when what the I Russ... love
1: because going into it, going into the season, I thought it was just like this is same old, same old. Pete Carroll, he's stubborn yep. as fuck. That's why yep. Russ wanted out of there. Drew Lock should be winning this QB competition. Yeah, he turns it over, but he gives them a chance to win. And we're like, we're going with Geno Smith. Okay, let's we're just playing for next year's draft.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, and you. The funny thing about like Pete and same old Pete and they draft a running back in the second round, which I was like, you're a shitty team. You don't need to fucking spend a second round pick on a running back, like all that stuff. They are completely like Pete is an old dog learning new tricks and like doing them in front of us every single week right now. The Seahawks are I, – I don't know if they're still number one, but they are right at the top of the league in – um pass plays or pass percentage in neutral passing situations so normally pete historically is like let's fucking run the ball you know what i mean every chance we get let's run the ball and they're they're throwing the ball a lot more like they are. They're letting Gino cook in a way that they never really let Russ cook,
2: which is so and funny that, like, everything he hilarious. pitched about, they are now, like, excelling in. Oh, I didn't have an offensive line. They have two tackles now yep. killing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, dude, it's so funny. It's So
0: funny. and just the fallout from the rust trade i mean i we saw them in preseason; I, they just looked awful i thought this would legitimately yeah. be the worst team in the nfl or at least would have a chance to be and i think nine weeks in now i i'm convinced that i i don't think they're great but they're good like they're they're not a shitty team and even if gino continues to like you know he's falling back from earth a little bit from the first few weeks but like He's still playing at a really high level. If he plays even close to this level the rest of the year, they're going to be definitely in the mix. Like they're a lock for an NFC playoff spot, but they could win the a- the NFC West because their only competition really looks like it's going to be the 49ers. They've
1: got a game against Tampa Bay coming up in Germany this weekend. I think that'll be a huge barometer as to where the trajectory of this season is going to go. Because um, if they can win that, then they can probably hold off the 49ers and make a make a run for the playoffs. And we've seen it time and time again, where even with just passable quarterback play, you can make a run in those last four games, um, you know, a la every Giants championship in the last two decades.
0: <laughs> for real. And for me now, it really becomes like. What do they do with Gino when this season ends the the franchise tag is like around 30 million that's a lot of money and i'm just curious like i i think this is awesome for gino he should ask for whatever he thinks he can get but i'm curious if gino would be willing to do like a two-year like 40 million dollar deal like fully guaranteed or something along those lines um versus taking the franchise tag because i don't think the seahawks are going to ultimately like they're not going to all of a sudden think gino is the savior and offer him like a five-year you know 160 million dollar deal or whatever but you know i think
1: he's a perfect candidate for the uh transition tag actually yes. which is Top average of the top 10 salaries at the position, which is probably still, you know, higher than they'd like to pay, but better than a franchise tag. And they get the offer of first refusal. I don't see a team that's going to give him much more than whatever the transition tag is worth. So they probably play it out and kind of like uh, the Giants did with Daniel Jones this year. You know, see, can we do it for, you know, one year and then we'll play it by year the next year and then prove it to us twice. and Maybe we'll start negotiating something a little bit longer
0: yeah and they're really in a such a great position because of the the draft picks from that rust deal that like they're gonna have the broncos draft pick this year which is fucking hilarious oh, sorry Josh,
2: and it's, and it's gonna be good because they fucking keep losing yeah <laughs> like, it's gonna be a top
0: 10 pick like if they really want to they could knowing that they've got the franchise tag in their pocket or like you mentioned the transition tag which correct me if i'm wrong but um they not only have right of first refusal but if a team Wants Gino, they get draft pick compensation, right?
1: I don't believe so on the transition tag. Um, No no compensation if they choose not to match the deal. It's basically, it's uh, one that it's classic Bill Belichick in free agency. He doesn't actually use the tag. He just says, hey, come back to us with what you're getting and we'll discuss if we like it. So this is, Gino, go see what your market value is. And if the market says it's greater than what we're thinking it is, then we'll meet it. But instead of it being actual, just, you know, word of mouth, like it would be for the Patriots, this is you have to actually put it to paper and say, we're going to give you this money.
0: Yeah, but they're going to be in a position where they can do something like that, have Geno next year. And I mean, I don't love anybody really other than Bryce Young in this quarterback class, but you take a shot on a guy like maybe Will Levis with those tools and see what you can get out of him. Or you maybe trade back which schneider and um pete love to do and you get a i don't know like mid-20s pick or something um or maybe that's where they'll be hell like fuck they could just sit with their pick (laughs) but you take like hendon hooker right from tennessee who's ironically enough comped as geno or geno smith comps right is what he's getting um but you get a young quarterback you don't have to worry about thrusting him into the situation right away because you know you have geno and you let this thing play out in a way that makes sense and protects you short term if you're going to continue to try to be competitive which by all accounts they absolutely should now and also gives you a little bit of long-term stability um, or at least uh, an option, long-term option at that position. So I love the position they're in right now. Um, I'm just like so happy for Gino. Like watching him every week is so fucking cool. I just can't believe how he's playing. Um any, any last thoughts on Gino or the Seahawks before we get to one of your guys' uh, takeaways here?
1: Mine will tie in the years, so uh, let's first find out why J-Rob's confused, if we can.
2: Uh, two reasons. One, Denver is doubling down on their atrocious London uniforms. Uh, apparently, since we get hardly any wins, uh, we're just going to wear the outfit that we got a win in. And so we're wearing mismatching uniforms again. It makes no sense. Um, it, but the real reason confuses I'm is those jaguars. Dude, yeah, <laughs> they're lost. They that just exemplifies the team so well. Just a misfit match of whatever the fuck is going on. But I'm mostly confused as how someone who never coached an NFL game nor who has ever had an NFL coaching position is now the head coach or college an,
1: coaching position. Yeah,
2: any coaching position is now the head coach of an NFL team. It blows my like shout out to Jeff Saturday. He's a brilliant mind. He him and Peyton, I don't think Peyton does quite what he does without Jeff Saturday. I know obviously he's the general for a reason, but like he's a he's a he's a great Hall of Fame player, but the fact that he just got handed a job out of nowhere is insane to me. And so that's my takeaway for the season, is like What's going on with, like, co- I know coaching's nepotism. I know coaching's all about who you know, but holy shit, like, what is happening in Indy?
0: How quickly was Brian Flores, like, texting his <laughs> lawyers after this hire? Like, what the fuck? And on top of it, the, did you guys listen to the Jim Mercey press conference? No, yeah, I'd I try did. to avoid that drunk. It was bat shit. It was absolute bat shit. Like, top quartile, I, the top quartile yeah what the fuck what's like it doesn't like, make, make this sound not like accurate, an analytic but, move yeah <laughs> right no but then he decried analytics in it he said part of the reason that he loves hiring jeff who has no head coaching experience is he's not going to be swayed by the analytics guys which bro you are paying the salaries of an analytics staff how the <laughs> fuck do you think those people feel like it was batshit
1: Oh, man. That's the biggest takeaway for me from this is everybody. I'm surprised that there wasn't a mass resignation from the Colts because that's just a slap in the face from everybody you've got there. You have Reggie Wayne on the coaching staff. If you were looking for like a, hey, throwback and like how awesome would that have been to just say we're tanking the season right now because we're hiring a head coach that – has never coached anything outside of high school. And let's give Reggie, you know, uh, his uppings, give him an opportunity, some visibility. Um, I I really don't know where this came from, but there is a rumor that Ursay texted Saturday during the Patriots game and said, what do we do with this offensive line? And so he goes and hires the guy that ran, you know, their most efficient offensive line for 10, 13 years um, during their heyday. And that's the only thing that I can think of and absolutely believe intoxicated Ursay said, this is my decision and we're going with it after, you know, Saturday maybe had a couple of things that he thinks that uh, can fix it. And then even more surprisingly, they said that Matt Ryan's no longer necessarily out for the season anymore. They're willing to potentially take a chance on him getting injured And being guaranteed $17 million, assuming Saturday can clean up the offensive line play and protect him and give him a shot to actually, you know, release a football without a 300-pound guy holding off the back of him.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, if they actually are trying to win games, which Lord knows, I have have no fucking idea what their direction is. (laughs) But if they're actually... Two games out of the division. Yeah. and, And Ellinger has been so bad like Matt Ryan was actually performing pretty decently. Like when he was under pressure, he was abysmal, but like, and obviously that offensive line like has been having its issues. So it's not like it fixes the problem, but I mean, you were, you're definitely going to be more competitive with Matt Ryan than Sam Allinger based on what we've seen so far through two games. And I mean, I just don't know like what, what their direction is. You know, like, he said, I think, in his press conference that Chris Ballard's safe and Chris Ballard will be here next year. But how can you believe anything that this guy says right now? And Frank Reich was also safe as of eight days ago. Exactly. So, like, if I'm Chris Ballard, I am not planning on, you know, being around. Or I am putting together some sort of plan for Ursay that, like extends my longevity for like three years or something i'm saying you know we're gonna we're gonna try to draft a quarterback and you know i'm gonna strip the roster down a little bit and give us some flexibility and like that's the approach i would take if i'm chris ballard but like what a fucking disaster and on top of it i think this is just i mean i like to shit on chris ballard and the colts because um (laughs) he got hired in the same cycle as ryan pace and they're like Compared all the time about the Bears' performance and the cult performance during that same time frame, even though the Bears had more wins, but whatever. Um,
1: (laughs) Have they been in the top
0: quartile? They haven't been the top quartile of the top quartile. So, to be fair, yeah. But I mean, the love that Chris Ballard gets is, I think, deserved. He's he's a like champion of process over whatever. Like he's the process that he's taken to build that roster, I think, has been sound. But he has taken how many swings now at the quarterback position and failed miserably. Like nobody gets that. Nobody gets that. And maybe it's because nobody,
1: nobody has a franchise hall of fame quarterback, retired nine years into their career with no succession planning available to them either.
0: How many teams over a three year period, like don't have a quarterback for three years. Don't at least make a move to try to get a young quarterback. Like, I'm sorry, but Washed Up, Phil... Whoa, yeah. Yeah, there you go. But, like, Washed Up, Phil Rivers, um, Carson Wentz off the fucking scrap heap, and a, like, the corpse of Matty Ice is... That's not an acceptable, like, list of moves for me if I am the owner or I am the president of football operations, whoever the fuck is uh, checking Chris Ballard. Like... This should, frankly, be the end of his tenure as well, in my mind. But well,
1: who knows? Just one, one quick thing: they might be bringing in Dan Orlovsky uh, since him and oh. Jeff Saturday or uh, Saturday go way back, and maybe that's the QB answer too. So just you know, player coach on QB and center, and we can just we can just wrap this thing up right now. Top of the division, take on those titans that uh, can barely even compete with the the Chiefs. And if we're done with this one, (laughs) it's a segue right into exactly what I was going to go into. Um, And that is that this year, more than ever, has shown me that talent can win, but a system is critical. And when you look at what Geno Smith is doing in... In Seattle, completely unexpected. Kirk Cousins now finally not being held back by a defensive coach. It being a system QB is no longer a bad thing. Jimmy G's no. taken the 49ers to the super, nearly to the Super Bowl two three times in his tenure, and that's with him being a system quarterback. Um, and it's the development of the system around your talent. Tua, case in point, right now. Still don't think that the cube ratings are wrong. He is at the top. Don't think that his everything passes the eye test quite, o- yeah. quite right. Just because he's hitting some wide open wide receivers, you know, on their back shoulder, um, which is where usually the defenders hang out. Um, but but it's know, not his fault they're so wide open. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> and but that's the perfect point I mean that's the McDaniels yeah. offense that's the what they were doing what Shanahan was doing for the 49ers and why they've been able to be successful and then the antithesis of that is you take someone like Herbert and he's got you know immense passing talent and you're having him throw 60 percent of his passes behind the line of scrimmage for some reason I get that it makes no up, fucking sense you have Joe Lombardi just completely holding this talent back and, you know, would Geno Smith have been in the same position he is if, when he was playing for the Jets, he got the same level of support and, you know, coach coaching up around him um and it doesn't just go on the offensive side of the ball i know that that's where we always land but what mike rabel was able to do against the chiefs with a quarterback that didn't throw a pass to the wide receiver and he took the chiefs to overtime with patrick mahomes attempting what was it 68 passes and throwing for (laughs) 420 yards yeah he dropped back 80 times holy Um, And then to the star players, you've got J.C. Jackson for the the um, Chargers, who's now injured, but looked like nothing like the best cornerback in the league. And it's like, no, he had a system. And that's why Bill Belichick shed Chandler Jones years ago. Right. And said, if you can't play in your system, we can't count on you to be where you need to be everything in the NFL is so damn fast. I mean, we're talking like time to throw and we're looking at the top of it, which is like 2.3 seconds to what's Justin Fields at now, 3.8. Uh, no, um, it's not quite that bad. But no, but he
0: is to... like three three or something. Like we're yeah. talking about well, less than a second. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so the criticality to that is, yes, you can overcome some things with talent, but scheme and understanding where your reads are going to be are bigger than everything. And to me, that's all on the coaching staff. And that's where... Mac Jones is struggling versus uh, what Bailey Zappi's been able to do. I think Bailey Zappi understands the system better than Mac Jones does right now, it, which is, in all fairness to Mac, I don't think anyone understands the system completely because we still don't know if it's Judge, Patricia, who's calling plays. Like. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, well, we, apparently um,
0: Shaq Leonard knows who's calling plays because he yeah. he was able to, yeah. But I
1: mean, what you're able to do in spite of your people now, uh, Zach Wilson's thrown for 150 yards a game, and they the Jets are competing right now. They just took down the Bills, and guess what? The Bills probably have one of the most talented, quarterbacks on their team and he couldn't even throw for a touchdown pass that game so
0: well and i think the eagles being eight and oh and being the best team in the league is the perfect example of that because jalen hurts like all the credit in the world to him like he's just continued to improve every year that he's been a starter since his first year at alabama and they remember how like awful they were the first yeah. month of the, the year last year games oh, of yeah. last year they were throwing the ball a shit ton and then nick sirianni was like you know what fuck it let's just steer into this thing and they relied on his athleticism and the things that he did well which you know again we've talked about before like probably caps your ceiling to some degree right as as an offense but they did those things while allowing him to get more comfortable doing the hard stuff and now it, it is still very much like a very simplified system, and we'll see if they get in a scenario where they're down and they're forced to throw, and it's straight dropbacks. How they perform, but without a doubt, like that—that that is a well-oiled machine that can fucking run over you, and, and I don't mean run literally. Like they can kill you but through actually, the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, and you're seeing it with
1: Justin Fields right now. I'm sure that that was your next transition.
0: Well, no, not not necessarily, but like it, some of those names that you mentioned, right? Um, Obviously, Mac Jones is like the coming out, right? He was the prototypical like system guy. And this system is obviously not working for him. And Aaron Rodgers Jones's
1: system is working for it. Like it's the wrong Jones. This is not the Jones <laughs> right. that We thought was going to succeed. But yeah, you've got Aaron Rodgers with Lafleur. You've got McVay. You've got Cliff Kingsbury. And I don't think that these guys, even though they're, you know, the, the league catches up with you and they don't adapt and your system needs
0: to continue to be dynamic. Um, well, Cliff's and... system has never adapted. And that's been, <laughs> that's been part of his problem, I think. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, man, I I agree. I think this year, more than anything, we've seen that you can win with guys that aren't top five guys. Like, I think my mindset for a good bit of time has been, look, if you don't have a top five, maybe top eight quarterback, the rest of it doesn't really matter. You can can smoke and mirror your way to some wins, but come playoff time, I, I think you're screwed. I think this year, like... Beyond just the results of wins and losses, you're seeing like really fucking efficient offenses with teams that are just like, hey, this is my guy. This is his limitations. Let's try to mitigate those and let's play to his strengths. And there's a ton of brilliant offensive coaches in the league right now, like probably more than ever, that are willing to take chances, that are willing to try new things. And I I think we're finally seeing that bear out and it's just funny that it's sort of coming in contrast with the fall of rogers of of brady not that brady's been bad but you know just obviously that situation's um a little tough um matt Matt ryan obviously Carr and stafford Carr, yeah. yeah yeah i mean stafford's been bad and i know he's got an elbow issue I know that they've had; it's been a struggle for them on the offensive line with injuries and everything. They they haven't gotten out of that skill position group outside of Cooper Cup really what they've wanted. Um, it, it, there's been a lot of things there, but part of the reason that you traded for Matt Stafford is to help mitigate those other deficiencies on your team when they when they're there, right? And clearly, it's not working. Um, the, the Herbert example, I think, is a great one. I think we need to like somebody needs to knock on Joe Lombardi's door and uh, maybe <laughs> I don't, I don't want to issue any threats on, on air here, but uh, what he's doing to Justin Herbert is criminal. Criminal. It's, uh, it's brutal. So um, on this
1: take, do we have to give Mike McCarthy credit for br- making Cooper rush the, you know, four and OQB that he was, or can we, is that just an anomaly?
0: Well, I, I think what we're seeing though, like to this point is, they, they were successful doing things with Cooper Rush that, were, that just simplified it, right? Like they hit the easy button. And now with Dak coming back, they've continued to do a lot more of those things instead of just relying on Dak to just go, you know, make a play, you know, dissect the defense, be the best player on the field. And they are, they've been crazy efficient since Dak's been back running that Cooper Rush system. Like, and Dak can do more, but it's like, why not make it easy along the way when you can? And I think that was kind of the, the 49ers whole deal for making the move for Trey Lance is they're like, look, we, we've got Jimmy, he can run the system. But, you know, if we got a guy that can run the system and then do the things that Trey Lance can do, then it takes us up like a whole nother level. And I understand that. Obviously there's been like some other circumstances that Lance has been hurt and whatever, but like, I think what we're seeing is that, to your point, like coaches playing to their players strengths and we're getting to see guys have success now that previously, I mean, as recently as last year, um, hello, Matt Nagy, uh, like just refusing to do so. Um, so it's it's been really cool, and I think that's sort of led to a lot of the uncertainty or I guess the surprises around the league and the parity. So it's it's been fun from that standpoint, yeah. despite not knowing shit about shit any single game, any single week. My picks, which we'll get to in a little bit, are just cratering.
1: And then just to wrap everything right back around, what does it mean for these players getting paid? Because uh, highest paid QB or highest paid player in the league this year from a cap standpoint is... Ryan Tannehill because he was able to be successful in a system never never elite but efficient in what they did led the AFC uh, to the number one or led the Titans to the number one seed in the AFC last year and you know now he's got no talent around him so maybe give him a break but
0: well but um, but I think he's played well and they've they're six and two or whatever right like. mm I, I think it's it's fair to say that he still earned, you know, sort of his, his keep there. And that highlights, like, yeah, maybe look at Kyler Murray, right? He just got this big-ass contract, and they're awful, like, on offense. They are really, really struggling. Like, you can't just count on that guy to carry you necessarily anymore if the system sucks, and, you know, it's just – I'm glad we're finally seeing that sort of bear out a little bit. But yeah, to your point, it'll be interesting to see how those contracts for this next sort of wave of guys coming up in deals uh, will really shake itself out. Jalen Hurts is going to be a really interesting case this offseason.
2: I mean, I think think players too enjoy being more in a system than a backyard football like style too because like Jason Kelsey was doing a pod and he's like my favorite teammates are the dudes where you know where they're going to be every single fucking play he's like we we'd have so many top five guys he's like that I hated playing with because if he got in a bad mood or it turned into an ego fight he's like we didn't know where he was going to be and that becomes a liability and so like I feel like across the board if you have a system Guys know what they have to do. It's probably why the zone blocking scheme works, where it's like, dude, you've got one job. Everyone knows where they're going. Simplifying the reads, where it might be a lot of motion, but Mm -hmm. Tua or Jalen knows, like, hey, it's either A or B. I'm reading off of this key, and I'm making one decision, not a multitude of decisions. I mean, shit, look at Denver. Denver can't block Russ to save his life, because he ad-libs all the fucking time. Kyler Murray Murray has problems, because he ad-libs all the time. And I'm sure guys, it drives guys nuts. And so, yeah, I think there's lots lots to be said about structure across the board and guys Mm liking that. And to snowball off of that, I can see the offensive line
1: really struggling with that too because you're getting holding calls against you because you're thinking that we're breaking outside and you're running back across the middle. Defender switches up up on you. Yeah. Then you're getting chewed Um, out. That's why, yeah, that's why they love the, you know, the one cut backs because they're not dancing in the backfield like Najee Harris trying to. Fucking be at a dance recital right now. Um, it's you know hit it and hit the hole hard. Run forward. I mean Derrick Henry, <laughs> put the ball in his hands and just we know we're going that way, right? Yeah, and we'll figure it out from there.
0: Yep, for sure. I, it's it's been an interesting year to say the least. Um, I'm sure there is a multitude of things that we could continue to touch on here. Um, we didn't really give Brian Dayball and the Giants uh, much of uh much love but i think they deserve some credit here um i mean the fall of those quarterbacks rogers brady matt ryan russell wilson like and i think i think there's still time for russ anyway of that group but i mean it's just we're seeing a changing of the guard and um it's wild. i mean it's fun if you just love football right and you you're not gambling on football or making picks.
2: Um, It's fun when
1: you're Dalton, Joe Flacco fan,
0: you know, those throwbacks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: I'd enjoy this season a lot more. If my quarterback wasn't on that list, (laughs) fuck ups. (laughs) so
0: the the cringiest yeah I, I was listening to uh the athletic football show today and one of their like midseason topics they were discussing was what's your uh favorite cringy russ moment from the year so far because there's just How so much time many. do you have
2: Good lord
0: <laughs> yeah it's just oof i feel for you josh every week i do i really do um all right let's uh close out there then um before we get to our week ten picks, we do want to recap real quick how we did last week, guys, which was um, yeah. not good. Um, <laughs> I went one and three. Uh, Toaster went one and three. J Rob went, went two, two, two and th- one. Are two one and one? No, you didn't. Yeah,
1: I did. W-
0: where did you you won the Oops. Texans game? You lost yeah. the Chiefs, you lost the Saints, and you lost the Packers. Am I getting no, your I picks wrong?
1: Yeah, I picked Baltimore.
0: Oh, you we all so we were all on Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Or was Josh on? Uh, okay, if we were all on Baltimore, then then That's I got that
1: wrong. And, and then and you, you are not push. On, did I not push on the Chargers?
2: uh stick? chargers was sorry guys yeah that's that's my
0: bad i f- i must have flipped your guys's picks so <laughs> i fucked that so one just up you were bad well well no that means josh was also bad either way if uh, i flipped your guys's picks I, our overall record doesn't change but i'll go back and amend that um... <laughs> let's go
2: back and look because i could have swum we all in the ravens unless i'm just unless i took the contrarian approach where every time you guys i go think you do i just go Uh, opposite
0: i've got yeah i've got two of us on the ravens and uh one of us on the saints so it must have been you josh sorry um (laughs) hold on let me let me uh update my shit here so uh josh you took the packers then
2: yes uh, okay. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was like, "There's no like, yeah." Because I said Aaron Rodgers loves beating up on division opponents, especially the Lions, and then he threw three fucking picks. Yep. Okay. And it's we were mean,
1: all fucking picks within a yard of the end zone.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was so bad.
0: Okay. But Josh was on the Titan. That's sorry, the Titans. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now I got it. So let's see. I was still one in three. Womp womp. Nothing changes for me um toaster was two one and one and uh josh you were one and three i think sorry bud um so that that bonus
2: pick again
1: that was green (laughs) Bay.
0: damn (laughs) it (laughs) so i am now an abysmal 14 21 and one on the year um toaster is over 500 so way to go um you are at a cool 50.7 percent um yeah, win man. percentage jeff fisher's uh,
2: wet dream right there
0: yeah exactly uh, exactly in our total on course, the year <laughs> 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 offensive coordinator for the uh yeah
2: i'm like in uh, like the 751 percentage right I-, I gotta be like way up there
0: you're not too bad you're 17 and 19 so nice um collectively we are 49 57 and two for it's a the same numbers as bumble profile set to <laughs> yeah. yeah hey that's that's a good percentage uh, i think yeah. i don't know <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's it's been a rough year for us as a whole and um i take a lot of responsibility for that so apologies everyone maybe just start fading me because i clearly don't know what the fuck's going on
1: our our start going after the bears since you keep going against
0: them but i but that's well i have picked against them a lot but i i think i picked the bears game specifically correctly like once this year i think i'm like i have one win one tie and the rest are losses so we'll fucking see how this week goes (laughs) um but anyway Going into Week 10, Thursday night game, Falcons, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites, at the Panthers. Toaster, I'm going to let you lead us off here. Where are you going?
1: There's one answer. Am I missing something from, like, what have the Panthers done with the quarterback situation? P.J. Walker was benched last week with... I think he was 0 of 5 with two uh, two interceptions on passes that were more than 10 air yards. I, they're, unless they're bringing in Sam Darnold for this game, and he's going to make a career resurgence, uh, the Falcons have been too much of a... I mean, now they're not a cover dog, but uh, they've covered well, and it's less than a field goal, and it is a division game. It's on the road, but it's Thursday. I'm going to go with the team that has the more talent, and Cordell Patterson's back, and he... Wasn't necessarily the most efficient last week, but damn, he's, he's, he's a an beast. explosive player.
0: All mm-hmm. All right. Um, for the record, I, I think PJ Walker is starting, right? Okay. Do we know that? Can we confirm that? But That's what I heard anyway. Um, but J Rob, where are you going with this one?
2: Uh, since this is going to be a hurricane game, uh, I think it's just going to be an ugly game across the board. Uh Whenever there's natural disaster stuff involved, I tend to err on the side of the home team. So I'm taking the Panthers plus two and a half. I know they suck, but Whoa. it's a division game on a short week. It's a hurricane. It's going to be a hurricane game. The weather is going to be nasty. Yeah, I'm just, I just, I'm going to go for chaos and think chaos will prevail. Panthers will cover the, uh, plus two and a half. All right. Well, DJ um, Walker will be starting. Okay. <laughs> We'll see uh,
0: how many uh, dropbacks he gets before Baker Mayfield comes back. But so I guess like the Panthers are just fucking terrible. Um, I know PJ Walker had like a a couple decent games and he obviously hit that Hail Mary to DJ Moore uh, and all that, but which they lost that game, which they lost. Yeah. Two weeks ago,
2: which drives me nuts real quick because last (laughs) week, Lazard caught a touchdown, ripped his helmet off and celebrated in front of a camera, didn't get a penalty, and they ended up going for two. Like, make it make sense. Make it make sense.
0: It's called Packer privilege, Josh. If you watch the Packers more, you will understand, but this is just how it works, okay?
2: Like, I think it's a dumb rule in general, but, like, it's just one of those things with with betting becoming more and more prevalent and a decision like that, a call like that affecting a game so drastically, like, what is going on? I don't get yeah, it. But we
1: got extra football out of it. It went to overtime. Um, that was close to being my my takeaway from the season, but it's just a takeaway from the NFL in general and has been for years is that the officiating needs to be cleaned up, especially now that, I mean, they're, they're just a couple of these things from a, a away from a class action lawsuit. Um, we'll give, you know, throw another Bears bucket in there that non pass interference call on uh, Chase Claypool at the end of the game that, uh, you know, kept Miami.
0: Gave More, the game, quite frankly. Or even uh, on Miami's final drive, the, the pass, pass interference, interference they did call on Eddie Jackson. So uh, the Bears actually... Yeah clipped those plays and sent them into the nfl and the nfl responded and said that they fucked up and missed both of those calls i'm like oh you mean the two biggest calls that affected the outcome of the game nice like way way to go guys i mean
1: they did it on they did it on sunday night football too with travis on the three two-point conversion tries that the chiefs got um travis kelsey basically just strangled one of the defensive backs and it was oh, called yeah. holding because the yeah. dude was like just trying to maintain his upright balance <laughs> as pray. this much bigger guy legitimately was clotheslining him. And so it's frustrating. It re- I mean, it, it's quite usable. but yeah, we need a sky judge and hopefully again, we're, we're just one, we're one nationally televised game away in the playoffs that has enough money behind it that there will be a class action lawsuit and for, the nfl will mm-hmm. need to clean this up
0: for sure so um no that was that was a good little tangent um coming back to the game and the picks uh, i'm also on the falcons uh minus two and a half i think it was sort of touching on uh one of our takeaways mid-season takeaways of coaches playing to the strength of their teams i think what the falcons and arthur smith have done with uh marcus mariota to frankly make him a passable NFL quarterback. I'm not going to say that he's like, (laughs) yeah, well, (laughs) without any traditional passes anyway, they're just RPOing the fuck out of everybody. But, um, you know, like the the Falcons are just who they are. They're going to stick to it. Um, I don't think the Panthers are good enough by any means to stop them from doing that. And like you said, they get Cordero Patterson back. Um, I'm, I, I get what you're saying, Josh, about the home team. It's a short week, disaster stuff like there is some wackiness involved there, which always like can help even the playing field for the shittier team but um, I'm I'm just gonna go with the team that I think is better and it's less than a field goal. so uh, I'm also on Falcons which probably means the Panthers will win. so you know fuck me right.
2: Welcome to the NFL.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, All right, Sunday night, the Chargers are on the road in San Francisco, in Santa Clara, sorry, in Santa Clara. Um, The 49ers are seven-point favorites. J-Rob, where are you leaning with this one? Uh,
2: This one's a little tougher for me, uh, but seven points feels generous, even with how bad the Chargers' offense has looked. Austin Eckler seems to be picking it up on his end, and so I think if if Eckler has another great game, it helps keep the Niners off the field. And so yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers plus 7. I think kind of a interstate rivalry. I wouldn't really call it a rivalry cuz who really wants to call the Chargers a rivalry team? But <laughs> yeah, I like the Chargers plus 7. If you're giving Herbert 7 point cushion, I'll take my chances. So, I like the Chargers plus 7. All right. Toaster, what are you doing? It's just
1: so painful because I've been on the Chargers, been trying to pump up the Chargers for two damn years now. And even at minus seven, I just can't get there with watching what that offense is doing right now. And the defense hasn't truly been lighting it up by any means either. We were super, you know, we were ready for um, Sante Samuel Jr. We, you know, uh, we all love... uh um can't think of his name right now because we love him so damn much um derwin james yeah yeah um i mean that cleo mac strip fumble was amazing um, oh, I, I love the that guy. but they so needed a to one. play like that to barely beat the falcons and yeah. i think the 49ers uh coming off a bye, have enough firepower on the offensive side their defense has been roughed up as well but if i look at the Chargers offense and what it's doing right now, especially if Keenan Allen's still out. Williams is definitely out. Um, Palmer looked good, um, but it's probably, you know, from a talent perspective, just not up to par with everything that they've lost. Uh, I, I unfortunately have to go against the Chargers on this one and uh, give them seven points and still watch them go home with the L.
0: (laughs) I I'm with you on the Niners here. Um, I just don't, I can't trust the chargers. I mean, so they're five and three. They are also five and three against the spread, which uh, I think is just the perfect, you know, they are who we thought they were kind of thing, but they just look so broken on offense. Like I feel it's so bad for Justin Herbert and the 49ers defense is fucking good. They're coming off a buy. They've, we've got more time to work Christian McCaffrey into, you know, the bones of their offense. Um, I I think the Niners are probably going to go on a little bit of a run here. Um, I say that without knowing what their upcoming schedule is, but um, you know, it just feels like they're now that they've got McCaffrey in the folds that they're, you know, ready to, to start, you know, making a a shot well take a shot at the Seahawks I guess uh, at the top of that division but you know really solidify themselves as um in the playoff NFC playoff picture so i know it's seven points it's Justin Herbert it's it's uh primetime game i just i feel like i'm i'm on the Chargers as well um reluctantly but (laughs) I'll take, or sorry, not the chargers, the Niners as well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, (laughs) Uh, I'm on the Niners as well. uh, Minus seven.
1: Niners go uh, chargers, Cardinals, saints. So I do see them going on a little bit of a run there.
0: Nailed it. Um, All right. The Monday night game, the commanders at the Eagles who are 11 point favorites. Um, I how did I do I'm pretty sure I lost both um, double digit spread games uh, last week picking the favorite uh, one of which was the Eagles so um, I think from that standpoint alone I am a little reluctant but Eagles are at home the commanders and Taylor Heineke haven't necessarily inspired a, a ton of confidence um i don't know do we know the Wentz situation by the way i feel like we haven't heard anything about him in weeks
2: uh hopefully he's just benched forever but <laughs> i don't think
0: he's benched he's, though right isn't he hurt he's not on the injury report currently so does that mean he's gonna play that almost makes he's... me want to pick the eagles even more to be honest
2: <laughs> yeah so he underwent the... hands finger surgery
1: yeah,
0: so he is so on injury on reserve. reserve. Yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe that's why he's not on the uh, injury report. He's well, the- there
0: we go. Wait I probably should have known that. But yeah, he
2: went on IR two weeks ago. Three, okay, two ish weeks ago. Okay,
0: um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm leaning the Eagles here. Uh, I fucking hate that it's eleven, but <laughs> the Commanders just like. No good vibes over there. They, they're they getting the, – the attorney general is in uh, Washington, D.C., I think is going to make a statement about them or some shit yeah, tomorrow. Did you guys hear you're that? You're stealing my thunder on that one, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But, yeah, it's just like the they put out a statement today saying some heinous shit, like using Brian Robinson's uh, shooting accident as, like – i I don't know like it's just it's fucked up and i hate everything about them really at this point other than like taylor heineke is just a gamer um but i I, i'm going eagles i'm going eagles fuck it
1: well i'll I'll step into that one then because uh i it's actually the eight uh the fact that the eternal G- Attorney General is coming out with a statement that is the only thing that's kind of having me lean commanders because sometimes <laughs> out of chaos, especially in cities like this, they, they rise to the occasion. But where I struggle is they're just not putting up points. Heineke's a gamer, don't get me wrong, but they put up 17, 17, 23 against the Packers, which apparently is easy to do now. Nothing. Uh, they put up 12 <laughs> against the Bears, 17, 10, 8, like, they just don't score, and they're going up against one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL off again a bye week. Um, it's kind of crazy to me that uh, two teams coming off bye week get primetime slots um, just because typically um, that fa- it favors one team pretty heavily on that. So. Um, And this is a super buy for them, which also seems wasted, right? Uh, Because now they got an extra (laughs) day off of their buy. But uh, the talent discrepancy is too much. The point spread isn't as scary to me. Uh, based on what the Eagles have been able to do, and I think that what the this, what the Attorney General is going to come out with tomorrow is going to put the darkest cloud over the Commanders. They've already put themselves up it, with an outside firm to judge, you know, interest in sales and what they could ultimately get for the team. And I think that this just snowballs from from there uh, with these comments because uh, uh, the Attorney General announcing it like that, saying there's going to be a press conference, you know, in the future. It's just not something that's typical of you know, yeah. a good situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably not great. Probably not great. All right, so both of us are on the Eagles minus 11. j rap. are you going to make just, a contrarian pick here?
2: Uh, it's not necessarily contrarian. I'd, I'm i just going to go based on how last week went with the Eagles getting spotted a lot of points and how they're kind of scheme, – not scheme, but they tend to put up a lot of first-half points and then second half don't do so much, so – wouldn't be surprised to see a backdoor cover here, and I'm going to take the Commanders at plus 11. I'm going to ride the points uh, across the board with some big big spreads in the primetime games, and it's not going to be pretty. I don't think they're going to win. I think the Eagles are going to handle this game, but I'm banking on a backdoor cover for the Commanders.
0: Heineke bombed to uh, Scary Terry to make it yeah. a 10-point game, which- Yeah. Like Just some dudes fighting left.
2: for their jobs or trying to convince Bezos that they're the guy. So when he buys out the team and changes <laughs> the name from Commanders to something more likable, you know, some people will stay. He'll like some people there. So, yeah, yeah I like right. the Commanders plus 11. I don't like the Commanders plus 11. I'm taking the Commanders plus 11. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's. <laughs> I feel you on that. All right. Um, moving to bonus picks. Coaster, uh, do you want to kick us off?
1: Um, as long as I, as long as the Broncos aren't untouchable, J. Rob, have at it, taking the Broncos. I think that okay. they start figuring us. this out. Um, I, I don't love the pick as far as um the fact that the Broncos haven't shown that they should beat the Titans. The Titans <laughs> put up some. Uh, you know, quite a formidable uh, defense against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs last week, but I think that took a lot out of them. Um, uh, you know, you can you can run a high for so long, and it's it's exhausting. So um, I think that the Broncos took the week, and I'm going with the you know bye week darlings right now, and saying if you get a little bit of extra time to prepare, uh, you come out and you win by at least three, like the Chargers did last week. <laughs> but now the spread's only two and a half. Yeah. There
0: you okay.
2: Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. J-Rob. Uh, so it's funny you went with the Broncos because had you not gone with that, I was actually going to take the Titans minus two and a half. <laughs> but my other, my pick is the Dolphins minus three and a half against the Browns. Uh, I'm just taking the Dolphins at home. It's warmer there. Browns have to travel. They've looked not great. I know they had a big win against the Bengals, but the Dolphins' offense has been looking so strong that I think they're going to continue that momentum. And I like the Dolphins minus three and a half. I think the Browns are just counting down the days till they can get Deshaun Watson, as gross as that is to say. Like, clearly, I think they're just ready for Deshaun to be the quarterback. That I think, yeah, the Dolphins will handle this one pretty easily.
0: it's so funny. Like, Jacoby Brissett's actually been really good.
2: Oh, yeah. He hasn't been bad. But they've yeah. already said that, he's gonna, that Deshaun's going to be the quarterback the yeah. first week he's back. That, I don't know. I think it's just that's just an awkward locker room. I, I just don't think it's it's hard to be a cohesive unit when there's that big elephant in the room. And regardless mm-hmm. of how week-to-week week goes, I think holistically the Browns just aren't going to have that great of a year. And so I'm taking the hot team in the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, I would probably... I would probably go with you there as well like i do think to your point about the locker room that guys will probably be playing hard for jacoby knowing yeah. that he's going to be um you know sent to the bench when deshaun suspensions over but uh, the dolphins are just like probably- their offense is just ridiculous right now yeah. so um i i definitely don't hate that pick um,
1: either because I obviously am rooting for another team in the AFC East and
0: J-Rob picked this team so. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, my bonus pick uh, so sticking with the Bears games uh, the Lions are in Chicago Bears are a three point favorite um, I'm going with the Bears I haven't picked them recently Um this this game, more than anything, I would say if you're betting on it, take the over. Um, I'll look up the total right now. I think it's, last I saw yeah, 48 and a half. Um,
1: Aaron Rodgers was only put up, able to put up nine points against the Lions defense last
0: week. You think that that's
1: his basically rookie ass is going to be able to do more than that?
0: Yeah. Um oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Bears, you know, have put up, uh, well, Let's, they've averaged over 30 points a game over their last three, two of those against two of the top defenses in the NFL and the Patriots and the Cowboys. Um, they really seem to be finding their groove. Obviously, you know Justin had a record-breaking day as a rusher last week, but their offense is just in sync. And Claypool now gets another week um, to acclimate uh, into the offense, so he should be more involved in more than just like Um, bubble screens and go balls Um, so (laughs) I think I think that will make a difference the Lions defense is atrocious and while the Bears defense is now also in that same bucket um, I I'm trusting the Bears offense right now a lot more than I'm trusting the Lions offense ultimately especially in Chicago so um, you know the the minus three I think is uh, a reflection of you know, Vegas pumping the brakes a little bit on the Bears. But, um, I mean, the Lions, I just, the, if the Bears were able to do what they've done the last three weeks against those three teams, those three defenses, the Lions, I, I don't stand a chance. <laughs> so uh, I'm just basically at this point saying I think the Bears will outscore the Lions, but this might be like a 35 to 30 kind of game. So it should be fun. Take the oh, over. Yeah.
2: Shout out to Justin Fields having a huge game last week. Uh, It's good to see him getting more comfortable, especially after how uncomfortable he looked. Uh, That was definitely happy to see. I'm a big Ohio State fan, so it's always good to see an Ohio State quarterback actually succeed in the (laughs) NFL because they never do. Um, So yeah, hopefully they can keep that momentum because I love seeing seeing him do well. And the team looks like they're having fun for once in a long time, which I think is huge.
0: Yeah, and that's... In a week that they traded away, well, I guess Roquan over a week and a half, yeah, week and a half span where they traded away two of your four team captains, mm-hmm. uh, both on the defense. And, you know, they've they've been competitive, you know, um, so you know, yes, I, I'm, I'm with you on that real looked good on Monday night, but that's the perfect team for him like that that's the thing I, I think it was justin jones who's the bears uh three tech he was asked like the day or two after um the roquan trade they're like you know how do you think roquan's gonna do in baltimore and he's like uh they run a fourth or a three four right and the reporter's <laughs> like yeah he's like okay yeah he's gonna be just fine like <laughs> yeah. they are set up to play to his strengths which is just like be a tackling machine when you don't when you have these guys in front that are eating blockers because his thing is he can't shed blocks and he doesn't really make like a ton of splash plays. So it's like, if you just need him to stabilize their defense and let Patrick queen be the one that's like running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to make plays. That's perfect. So yeah, like good for Roquan. Um, I think that ultimately is like one of those deals that works out for both teams. Um, I still don't think
1: because he probably gets paid in free agency now versus, you know, having to be stuck with the uh ravens on a franchise tag
0: right exactly so um yeah good good for roquan good situation for him um you know i think that's it's pretty solid pickup for the ravens even if it's as we've talked about at a position that's not all that premium and doesn't have a ton of impact on winning but um yeah for sure all right um any other games that we want to call out here before we wrap up. I know um, J-Rob and I chatted briefly beforehand about the, the bills are three and a half point favorites. Yeah. 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 Um, The bills are three and a half point favorites, but saddest line of the week to me. Right. It is. It is. But you know, it's probably going to be Case Keenum, I'm guessing, playing quarterback, and I still think the Bills cover, frankly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of do too. Um, but yeah, this is the best part about this, you know, new, you know, the movement we have, the trade deadline, the fact that you know we're shedding quarterbacks left and right. We've got Case Keenum throwing to Stefan Diggs again on a completely different team, like against the
0: Vikings. <laughs> that's actually wild. that is pretty cool um the other line that kind of stands out to me the bucks are three-point favorites against the seahawks um i think you know we mentioned earlier how this will be a good barometer game for the seahawks but um i don't know what the bucks have shown you that makes you think they deserve to be three-point favorites here necessarily outside of just their pedigree um so that's an interesting one lose internationally i think that's what it is Oh, oh, that's what it is. Okay. He's I never lost. To Tom Brady has never lost a game in Munich.
2: I don't Man, know. He's lost to Brazilians, so he might, has, <laughs> oh, he might have lost internationally. <laughs> oh. Yikes. Uh, one of the games I, I was shocked by is the Raiders getting six points. I know the Colts are like in utter dumpster fire, but you're giving a team that's blown three 17-point leads, almost a touchdown cover. I, that one was wild to me, too.
0: That's going to be one of the worst games of yeah. the year, I think. And ironically, it's not the lowest point total of the week. Uh, the Cardinals at the Rams is 41 and a half. That's it's, insane. It's wild.
1: <laughs> and the fact that it's a one and a half point spread, and I still don't know who I'd pick at this point. If, it's, if Kyler's healthy, I actually think I'd tip the Cardinals. Uh, but dang, all of these... Th- outside of the Seahawks, these AFC, well, and the 49ers, I guess, but these two that we thought were competing for the
0: top are definitely competing for the bottom right now. Yeah. Uh, Jerov, I think you may have just recognized the same thing that I just did, which is that the Broncos. and Titans.
2: (laughs) I had to like, I had to squint so hard. I was like, what?
0: It's 36 and a half.
2: That's so embarrassing, (laughs) dude. They're like, Broncos can't score 17 points. Mr. Limited can't even get a fucking first down. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> too
0: funny too funny that's all right it.
1: the um, one more for me the most surprising one is cowboys packers is only minus four and a half or minus five for the cowboys and you talk about what have the teams shown you um yeah cowboys are on one trajectory green bay's on another and I, quite frankly it wouldn't surprise me if green bay won this straight up just because that's kind of how you know R-E-L-A-X. NFL. Yeah. um but it's that with the fan bases that are there right i thought that there'd be so much money on the cowboys on this game that it would just keep creeping up and up and up um until it got untenable but still might lost they just lost to the detroit lions pretty badly and well
0: and rogers is in full on denial mode like he's he's saying like oh no like you know we're fine like we're just blah, blah 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 it's like no bro you're not fine yeah <laughs> you're not
1: ESPN fine. had this game opening it just uh minus three for the Cowboys so it has already moved two points
0: wow that's insane uh I did update the uh nerd power rankings today for the first time in a few weeks and let's see what where were we at here the Packers are now 21st um which is pretty consistent across the board. They're 22nd in ELO, 21st in DVOA, 18th in PFF grades, and 21st in betting market rankings. And the Cowboys are fifth. Um, so wow. I, I'm with you. This is purely a, like, Rogers revenge line, I feel like. But we'll and see. it
1: may come true. And that's the great yeah. part about the league this year.
0: Totally totally it's fucking crazy all right um well let's get out on that then thanks for listening as always everybody um remember to fade every pick that i make and you will you would be very profitable actually if you faded every pick that uh, (laughs) i made so far this year so uh maybe continue to do that but uh any last thoughts before we leave guys
2: uh, I should have known Denver's extra fucked. Their slogan is "Let's ride," and they're going to Nashville, Tennessee, where there's going to be a lot of people that want to ride, Bron- the, want to ride Denver in all the wrong kind of ways. So, yeah, that's my take. All right, okay. Well, I mean,
0: on that note, you need to cover uh, two and a half. Cover two and a half. <laughs> on that note, j Rob, you have to uh, take us out.
2: I mean, yeah, Broncos country. Let's ride, baby. God, it just feels so gross. Like, why? Why do we do this to (laughs) ourselves?